time to break the tide. I'll live, I'll die. Welcome to Two Guys in Hockey Talk, Season 4, Episode 37. I am pumped. It's a great show where it got set for you today. Pavel, our cat, he likes to call himself the insider. We'll see how much of a scoop he's got for us tonight. We got back with us Jamie Baskell from Flyers Nitty Gritty, also accredited journalist now now with the Flyers. We're going to talk to him in just a sec. Uh, Pavel, what do we got going and what's happening? We are live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We have a lot of news happening. We've got the Stanley Cup final coming up. We've got some insights with Jamie about the Philadelphia Flyers and where they're going to pick in the draft, which I know you have your Revs top 15. We've got a new article up on our webpage at twoguysinhockeytalk.com, so go give us a follow. We're hoping Jamie can write for us a little bit and get some stuff up there about the Flyers because I know he's got a lot of insight. You give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, Jamie, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Jamie Basco or, or at, at Flyers Nitty. Uh, I take care of both uh, my personal handle and the uh, Flyers Nitty Gritty page. Uh, by the way, it's an honor to come on this show because the intro is the top in all podcasts. I'm telling you, that intro is phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. it. It just gets the blood going. Uh, fans, man, uh, it, these are great people. Your blood is oozing right now. I know. I, I, I'm feeling the vibe. Well, hey, th- th- thanks for the heads up. And just a shout out right now to Penny Billionaires out of Arizona, um, Phoenix specifically, where the Coyotes are in limbo, guys. Uh, but Penny Billionaire, Electronic Hard Rock Band, got to check them out. They've worked with us to partner our exclusive rights uh, to their song. So I got to tell you, man, every week they keep saying copyright on YouTube. But we get passed by. Thank you to Penny Billionaires, as well as a shout out to uh, JR Web Designs, who does our site for us. And I just want to mention, if you go on to the former guests, you'll have all the shows that Jamie's been on with us, as well as his website and the different information and his bio. All right, man. We're happy to have you back. You know, as we said last show, as you come on, you're ready to rip your shirt and talk Hulk Hogan. I'm thinking today you're ready to rip your shirt because, man, you're going to have a crazy off-season coming up. Yeah, so uh, not only am I going to rip my shirt, I'll probably rip my hair out. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting you know, I'm starting already. You see this. Uh, i got a receding hairline, I think, going. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very busy off-season. Uh, I got my fingers ready because I know I'm going to be writing a lot. Uh, I'm trying to work on my vocal cords because I know I'm probably going to be talking a lot, shouting a lot. But, uh, yeah, there, it's just going to be a very, very busy offseason. Uh, I don't think it's going to be quite as busy as the 2021-22 season, but it's going to be very busy in terms of, you know, the, not only the you know the draft and free agency and who the Flyers attract, you know, if he's great. 
But uh, you know, the front office is getting a makeshift. Uh, they're going to add more to the medical staff to, to continue to revamp that aspect that's been plaguing them. But I think the Flyers are really honing in on uh, player health. I think that that is, uh, you know, what that their, their overall main goal. You know, Danny Barriere is a smart man. Every GM comes in. They want to pick their own guys or, or women, for that matter, and place them in certain aspects of, you know, where they think or they want the players to succeed. If anybody knows this organization the best is Danny. He's been around for a while. He's played with them. He knows every aspect of player development, and so I trust him in that realm. Uh, Keith Jones knows the again knows the Flyers very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a smart man, an intellect. Uh, I had a very good conversation with him for an hour at training camp this past year, and he's just a very intelligent man. Loves the sport of hockey, but knows the Flyers in and out, and he could. The good thing about Keith Jones is he could compare the Flyers to where they are now to where each team in the NHL is because that's his job as an analyst. So he knows each and every single NHL team or else he wouldn't be able to talk about that team. So I like that aspect of, uh, you know, this hire in terms of Keith Jones. He could compare the Flyers, hey, this is where this is why they're not succeeding as opposed to Boston. This is why they had a killer all. You know, uh, regular season, yes, they, you know, free fall in the playoffs, which happens from time to time. But he could compare them, you know, to the pedestal that Boston was on. Or Florida, how did they get red hot? You know, is it because of Bobrovsky? I think that Alex Lyons saved the Florida Panthers' year this year. Uh, you know, when, when Bob went down with an injury, if Alex Lyons doesn't come in and play well uh, the last you know, 15, 16 games there, Florida may have not even made the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Alex Lyon doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, for what he yeah. was able to do. He's also a former Flyer. It just seems that there's a former Flyers everywhere. So so around Torts, uh, coming, I mean, a lot of people are skeptical. I, th- I think these two guys might have been a little skeptical. We <laughs> thought it would be good, someone to get behind those guys. I mean, I, I really thought they were going to finish lower in the standings. But because yeah. of some of the great work, I think he he made those guys work their you know what off uh, a a double dollar signs right. Um, uh, so yeah, here's yeah the, the flyer uh, sorry, sorry. every paycheck for sure. So so here's my thing. Tort seems to really be liking this job compared to other years and other teams. Um, it maybe you know or don't know or maybe you can't share. I, I don't know. But it seems to me like they're, they're letting him be more involved from a leadership level, which I find very interesting because he sure seems compelled and he has a larger say than he might have had the ear of other people in the past. And maybe that's one reason why he stuck with the Flyers and, and chose the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, maybe they, they, they allowed him. You know, Chuck Fletcher was a, also a smart man. Unfortunately, he just wasn't able to get the job done, you know, um, he just had yeah. a, a lot of bad luck in there as well, you know, in terms of COVID, in terms of, you know, just different reasons, in terms of injuries, and just it seemed every trade he did or everything he tried to do to make shift to get a jump start for this roster just backfired and uh, backpedaled. So, but um, he, I think, gave towards the reins, uh, and I don't necessarily think he was just the one calling the shots there. I think that, uh, you know, Bobby Clark and all were like, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. I think he had to get the approval of John Tortorella. And I think that 
John mm. Tortorella had all the backing of the Flyers front office that it maybe have not have been maybe Chuck Fletcher's first hire uh, to where he was able. This is what they said: Hey, we're going to give you some reins. We're going to give you some say. You could you could choose exactly who you want on the ice. You won't get any backfire. I think that's where what uh, handcuffed AV. I would say a little bit there. Mm. Maybe AV wasn't able to put that that team on ice that he wanted to, to where the Flyers may have learned from the mistakes of Elaine Mignot and and allowed Tortorella to choose who he wanted on the ice, who he wanted on the bench at all times. I don't think that there was any pressure behind Torts in, in terms of a coaching aspect. He could coach the team how he felt he should coach the team, who should be benched and why they should be benched, not just, okay, I'm benching him because I don't right. like him. No, there's got to be a reason to it. And I think that that goes with effective communication. I don't think he needs to communicate with his with his players on, on, on a regular like that. I don't think he needs to go in there and be friends. There, there should be separation between the, fly, between the players and the coach, and I think that he did that well. And I think that that's why each player primarily knew where they stood. So, yeah, I think that uh, he, he, he was able to have a, a good year, a happy year for him. Not, not happy in the sense where like, <laughs> losing, I'm sure, eats him. But happy as yeah. to, you know what, I could coach the team how I want or have a say in maybe some, some of these decisions that are going to come down the pike here. You know, um, they, they seem to be communicating effectively with John Tortorella. Uh, yeah. and maybe they didn't communicate as well with Elaine Vigneault. I think that Vigneault had more leash. He was able to hand-select his team. I don't think they communicated necessarily with Elaine to where now they're pulling back the reins saying, hey, I'm calling the shots, but we'll let you – we want to hear what your thoughts are. That's fair. So I, I do want to shift a bit because I do have some questions about Danny Breer and some of the, the big uh, yeah. upcoming decisions he has to make about the yeah. team, including something you discuss on your Twitter about Carter Hart. But before we get to that, I just want to kind of applaud and kind of get your take on Scott Lawton. He performed at the Worlds. He was an yeah. alternative captain. He won gold. Um, and as you know, on top of him, besides um, some of the Calgary players who didn't have the best years, what are your thoughts on him winning gold? And proving doubters wrong um, amongst some other players there, and and what that that confidence will bring to him in the coming season for the Philadelphia Flyers. He he's a player that I want I, I want around the locker room. Uh, he's a player that I want around the locker room because of his leadership abilities. Take Scott Long down. You don't know if Cam Axon for one is coming back and healthy. Although he said this. you have Sean Couturier yeah. who's like he's also going to come back 100 percent healthy. So if you were to – let's just say, like, the naysayers, they want Scott Lawton gone. You know, there are some people that actually want – don't know why he's around. Um, right. Like you said, he's underrated. He was an, alt, an alternate captain for a reason, you know, for Team yeah. Canada. And that's a hell of an honor anyway in, in itself. Team yeah. Canada – Canada has a ton of phenomenal hockey players. And to be <laughs> named as alternate captain for Team Canada, that, that, right. that means something. That shows that maybe – some Flyers fans don't know how good he is, or we undervalue the, the his abilities or leadership abilities. You know what I mean? That he's able to bring inside the locker room. He's a very nice person. On top of that, he's a hell of a. I think he's a hell of a hockey player. He does everything the coach asks. Will freaking chop off his finger to win a game. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's just the player he is. Uh, 
but that's a person that I want around the locker room because, again, you don't know these injured players that are coming back. No one knows the roster that's going to be here next year. But you have so much youth that's coming down the pike. You have already have a ton of youth on this team. You need that veteran to bring everybody together, and that's what Scott Lawton does well. And I, I think that that is why I think that he could be captain, maybe not John Tortorella said, no, there is going to be no captain this year, but possibly next season. Or I could see even Noah Cates being that guy too. Wow. So, so, so let's talk back as, as I reverted to your article about Carter Hart. And, you know, I know you've, you've posted a lot about Sergei Bobrovsky being traded now being in the final, even though everyone knew that he struggled in the last few years. And I'm talking about Bobrovsky and only recently turned it up. And there was talks even last summer of, of the team trading him. So now there's rumblings about Carter Hart. Why do you believe he's one of the cornerstone pieces and leaders of the Philadelphia Flyers? And why should they hang on to him? Even though he's got a, a bridge deal and it's short and they're going to need to resign him soon. Well, here, here's the thing, right? So how long is it taking for the Flyers to get an able-bodied netminder that can stop the puck nine times out of ten? It's yeah. taken since President Reagan was in office. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I don't you know why I don't understand when when some when a team has something good, even though they may not be performing to the best of their abilities, or they've had some down years, that doesn't mean that Carter Hart sucks. Uh, that, that just means the team sucks. Uh, you know, like so. I think he's been one of the Flyers' best players for the past three to four years, and arguably so. I think that if you if a, a person watches every single hockey game, would understand that he is one of the best flyers on the team year in and year out. I don't understand why some people just want to let him go. But in the same token, the reason I bring up Bob a lot is not because I didn't think it was a bad trade at the time. I actually thought, you know, that it sucked moving on from Bob. You know, it was a shame what happened. I didn't want to move, but I understood it in the same token. You know, the Flyers had they were handcuffed in terms of Bob didn't want to be a backup. And they already signed Bruce Gallo. They had to move Bob so Berzgalov, you know, could be the guy. So I get it, but I don't want to make that same mistake twice. And that that's where I stand on that. I mean, look, they traded Bob. Now, can Carter Hart be the next Bob? If, if I don't want that to happen again. I think that when you're placed in that position, you're supposed to learn from your previous mistakes. You're supposed to learn from why did Patrick Sharp excel with the Chicago Blackhawks as opposed to with the Philadelphia Flyers. Why did Pat Maroon go on and be a hell of a freaking gritty-ass hockey player who's a damn good hockey player at that, but he couldn't do crap in Philly? These are the type of things that I hope that they would become more patient on, and they have. I think if the old Flyers front office were in with the Holmgren era, I think Morgan Frost would be on this team right now. You know, uh, I think he would have been moved maybe a year or two ago. I think it would have been that impatient. I don't want to see them be impatient. Just because Carter Hart's coming off the bridge deal doesn't mean he's going to command nine to ten million dollars. It just yeah. means that he might command four point five to five five and a half million per year. And I think that that's probably what he's going to get. Um, but I don't. In the same token, I don't understand why we keep talking about trades. The Canadian investigation is still ongoing in the World Juniors. I don't think there's a team that's going to come along and say, "Hey, yeah, let me trade." One to that's two first round picks in the player for Carter Hart, you know. 
I just don't think the Flyers are going to get the value that they want for Carter Hart. When we historically look at goalie trades, there aren't many first-round picks that are moved for goaltenders and stuff. I, I just don't want to see the Flyers make that same Bob mistake again. And that's why I bring up Bob. It's not because I think Bob is the greatest player or greatest prospect to ever enter Philadelphia. But when we, when you have an able body, good netminder, why not stick with that person? The Flyers had a good prospect. Why didn't they hang on to Bob? You know, and I seen the same for Sam Erst. Why do people want to just get rid of the goalie depth? The goaltending position is the most unpredictable in the sport of hockey. Yeah. Look, the Flyers had to use eight goaltenders just two to three years ago. You know, um, do, 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 do the fans want to get put through that again? You know, uh, you don't know who's starting on, uh, you know, each night. At least now, you're like, oh, okay, Carter Hart's going to start. You know, yeah. uh, or, you know, that, that, that makes me feel good to have that guy back there that you don't have to worry about. Give him a damn defense. Look, look at the defense that Steve Mason had with yeah. Pronger, you know, and Kimo teaming yeah. in and all. Imagine if Carter Hart had that D, you know, uh, uh, you know, and man, just imagine, uh, man, there's been some good defensemen that have come in here, you know, it, it, just imagine when is Carter Hart going to get that defense, you know? So, so it's it's interesting, Jamie. Um, just kind of going back and of course, you and I were in on a, a Twitter discussion with someone saying Bobrovsky, right? You know, he's not one of the yeah. greats because he hasn't won the Stanley Cup. Let's go back to that in just a moment. We can kind of finish off that discussion here, actually, on the show. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, uh, but Carter Hart. So we we've, we've had goalies on, and yeah. some of the goalies what they'll what they'll tell you. So uh, now Jade Lynn Spoon, uh, Spooner, she, she played out of the University of Windsor, but she, one thing, she's very good at understanding the positioning goalie. In fact, she even called out Jack Campbell for the way he places his hips and stuff. She thought it was going to be a disaster for Edmonton, believe it or not, um, pre- previously. But she brought up a, an interesting point. She says the way, because I look at save percentages, mm-hmm. uh, but when you look at a save percentage on a team that doesn't play a good defense, and so we got Carter Hart at six years, at over 200 games, and he's still putting in a 9.06, which essentially is what uh, Carolina's goalies were putting in here. Now, yeah. I know you want him at 9.15, but you're 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 talking about quality chances against Hart. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's literally got two on ones, one on nothings. The uh, the guys are allowed to literally walk right in. Yeah. It's, it's just like they give yeah. the there's there's no gap control sometimes for the defensemen when they're they're pressing yeah. too hard, um, and, and so. You know, like you said, when you get to that point, how do you give up on a guy? He's what twenty four. Yeah, and that's why I'm you saying know? he hasn't even entered his prime yet. He hasn't even yeah. entered his like peak years yet. He's ahead of schedule. It's it's mind boggling that he was able to come in this league at what the age of twenty and just excel. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. the way he has. I mean, he's supposed to struggle, and yes, he has had some struggles, but I think that he hasn't struggled to the amount that would say, oh, okay, he might have to be sent down. No, he came up and was up for good. He was never sent back to the AHL. I think that shows on how good he is. And I think that Philadelphia has something really good with Carter Hart that he's 24 freaking years old, and we're ready to kick the curb, kick the can for a a 24-year-old netminder who's a very good netminder. Like, putting up numbers like one on those – the defense was a little bit better this year, I think, uh, in yeah, sort yeah. of uh, towards his game. They still had a ton of turnovers. 
And I think that that's what killed him in terms of, you're talking about chances. Man, there was times he was facing 40 to 50 shots a night, every single, like at least eight or nine nights in a row, he was facing a barrage of shots. They, that was one bad area this year for Flyers. They just allowed too many shots. Uh, they blocked a ton, don't get me wrong, but they allowed too many shots. And what happens? When you throw a puck on net, anything can happen, right? That's why, you know, players have thought, hey, let me just – when nothing – when when the play breaks down, you got a few men in front, hey, just pop it in on a goalie. Who the heck knows? Maybe maybe he was very good with his rebound control this year, and yeah. I think that that oh, was absolutely. a little underrated. I, you know, I think that, that that's an area that I see him improving on each year was his rebound control. For the past few years, he's let up those squeakers. You know, he makes a really good fine save, but lets it up. This year, he was – he was, man, the puck just got sucking his pads, you know. Uh, he did a very good job in, with his rebound control. So, kudos to Kim Dillabaugh for yeah. that. They, yeah. they they would have been bottom three without Carter Hart. So, uh, oh, Ray uh, brings up a question on our screen here. I just pulled it up. He, said, he did have a question for you. He says, because uh, we brought up Bob. If Bob Bobrovsky, meaning wins a cup, and the con smite, is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> uh, dude, that that's a that that's a tough one. I would have to say yes. I mean, uh, I mean, he's won, you know, multiple business, uh, you know, yeah. for a two. reason, right? So, yeah, yeah that's two, what I mean. Yeah. Uh, he, I say yes. I mean, he 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 proved. This is the pinnacle of Bob right here. If he wins the cup, yeah, I do believe he's a Hall of Famer. I think yeah. even if he doesn't win the Conn Smite, which I, it's going to be a toss-up between him and Matt Tuchuk, I think. Tuchuk's no, no, I, I still think it's it's I think it's Bobrovsky over Tuchuk. I know so, Tuchuk is important, but just without Bobrovsky in that series versus Toronto, we we, we yeah, but we haven't even finished the Stanley Cup final yet, man. What what if Bobrovsky uh, lays an egg now? So I, 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 and I don't mean a shutout, right? Tune in on this and, and say, do you decide on the full body of work of the playoffs, or is it usually the the last series? But really, I think it's the full yeah. body of work. But your thoughts, yeah, Jamie? Yeah, I think uh, you know it, it's. I think it's a full body. I, I think it's a full body, and you got to see what what got you from point A to point B. And I, I do agree with you. Bob stood on his head in that uh, Toronto Maple Leaf series. I, I think that uh, he was able to stifle Austin Matthews, you know, Mitch Marner, and stuff. It wasn't because they had their lack of fair chances. They had yeah. some really grade yeah. A quality chances. It was just Bob was that good. I think that yeah. Bob stood on his head, and I think he. I think you're right, Pavel. I think he single handedly won them that series, and he. But that's the key what Carter Hart does well. He keeps his team in it and allows his team to stay in it just long yeah. enough for the reins for the for them to get their feet going and, and they pop in the goal and then they start making themselves feel good again. Yeah. And now they're up all of a sudden from, you know, maybe being down, to, you know, two to one. Now they're up three two. you know. So wow. and that that's what I saw a lot this year as well. And I think that Bob did that. He withstood the barrage um, and, and just allowed Florida to get their feet going. And I'll let you comment on this, Jamie, because I'm looking up the stats on HockeyDB, but Carter Hart this year played 55 games. So that's quite a bit for a goalie yeah, who's that, a starter. We know that oftentimes you try to split it. I know like 50 to 55 for a starter, which he is, and I know with injury or breaks and stuff. But during that time, he had 2.94 goals against, which is a little higher, but the yeah. Flyers' defense wasn't 100%. Like, they're bottom. They're, they, they let in a few, you know, pe- penalty minutes, yeah. things like that. But he had a 907 
talk to me about how well that is for a team that's in the bottom now. And yet with the defense that they had, he was able to stop most pucks coming into the net. I think that's a hell of a, I think it was a heck of an accomplishment uh, to be over a point nine hundred this year. You're f- figuring the Flyers' defense is makeshifting. They're a very young defense. They look. They, they had Cam York. There were people coming in and out of the lineup, you know, daily, you know, on the defensive side. But they stood in there for a while. Like that's what I liked about Torts. He was able to get the D, you know, keep it. But like Tony D'Angelo was so bad this year in terms of the his defensive game that he just, you know, allowed odd man rushes coming the other way. And Carter Hart was uh, you know, because he wants to jump. He was like Ghost. He was the same exact defenseman as a ghost. You know, he was thinking more on the offensive side as opposed to the defensive side. Then you had Samheim. He didn't have necessarily have his best season. He had what some would say was a down year compared to the year prior. So you had – and then you had Rasmus Rissalainen who got off to a bad start because he didn't play because he was hurt. When he came in eventually after his injury, he, he – was bad, uh, you know, for like five, six, seven games there. And then all of a sudden he put together a solid year. And then he had Ivan Provorov. That's why I think so highly of Ivan Provorov because he's yes. going through partners like it's water and he just, and he just does his business. <laughs> and I think that even – I think he gets a lot more hate than what he should. Uh, being He doesn't even know who he's playing with on a nightly basis. And then you had Cam York. <laughs> You know, come in in December, stay up for good, and look, that pairing worked between Cam York and Ivan Provorov. But then you had the middle pairing, and so the middle pairing and the bottom pairing were an influx there. It's just, it was a young team. Uh, then, then towards the tail end of the year, they're starting. They get bring up Igor Zamula. You bring up Ronnie Adder and stuff. You're trying to, you know, trying to makeshift to see. Okay, let's see if these defensemen will work. You know, in in the coming years. So it wasn't like Carter Hart had the greatest defense, you know, in front of him, you know. And and, and that's why I think so highly of him. Like, he didn't know who was in there on a nightly basis, but yet he's supposed to be the man, you know. And uh, you had Nick Sealer, who I thought was probably arguably the best defenseman for the Flyers this year. Most consistent defenseman. Didn't get enough talk, in my opinion. That's bad when Nick Sealer is probably your most consistent defenseman. Right, I mean, he was like slabbing out there, right? I mean, just imagine Carter Hart on a Carolina team with that defense. You know, that that's where I'm getting at. Is like, give him a defense, you know, and and let's see what happens. And I'm not yeah. talking about the forward, you know, acting as defensemen because I think that that was something that they did very well this year was support one another better in their own zone in particular. I think, and uh, but like, man, it's just Carter. Uh, um, with a barrage of shots, it's, for him to finish with a point nine oh seven was phenomenal. If anybody watched, go back and watch the games. That, 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 that's 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 all I can say. You know, and uh, I don't know. I, it, 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 it's insane absolutely. that the, the Flyers have something good, but there are some that just say, "Hey, give give them away for a bag of pucks." I, I don't really understand it. Yeah, well, fa- fans are really crazy as we uh, go to watch, but that's and why I they're called them. fans. Be- because and, and they are because fans, they want to win. Yeah. That's all yeah. That's all it's about. They want to win. 
And I feel well, they're it. fanatic. They're, they're a fanatic, right? That's exactly what they yeah. are. They should be crazy because yeah. they're so passionate. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, by the way, if you're watching right now, this is Jamie Vasco. He works with Flyers Nitty Gritty. The, some of the stuff he's talking about, he has over there. You can go check it out. Uh, thanks to JR Web Designs, guys. You can go over to our site, pull up, go under former guests. You can pull them up. You can catch this broadcast as well as find the links to his site at Flyers Nitty Gritty. Um, so he's got some great stuff if you wanted to hear about. In fact, there is one other thing. But before I go to one question, I want to ask you about Gauthier uh, and kind of what's happening. I know you got an article up. So Ray, he's a New Jersey boy. Um, Ray, Ray's been a great guy. By the way, Ray, you disappeared. You disappeared after your team lost in the playoffs. I don't know where you went. You're hiding somewhere in New Jersey under the turnpikes. But, man, you should you should have been back to kind of face up, man. But, hey, no, it's all good. Uh, and so Ray says this. I have to be honest. I'm very surprised Torts didn't blow up on someone this year. Um, he didn't really yeah, blow I, up. He just benched a few key players. No, 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 no. Kevin no, no. Hayes was one of them. But. No, he says – he no, no. His remarks uh, – he says he, he's surprised he didn't blow up. In other words, yeah. he was shocked that that didn't that, happen. That honor was left for Paul Maurice during the Toronto, Florida game. <laughs> the regular season. Yeah. But anyways, sorry, oh, yeah. go ahead. Okay, it, so it, it, he got there a few times. There was uh, and that was on the media. You know, if if some people watch some of the, the uh, outbursts, you know, following you know losses, it's great that he does it, and he does it for a reason. It's it's because he doesn't want to draw attention on his locker room. He'd oh, rather have the attention yeah. on himself. Oh, yeah. So he tries to do. Deterred, like if the Flyers, you know, shit the bed, which they did a few times this season. Uh, hey, you know what? Are you looking at me weird? Just stop. You know, um, <laughs> you know. So now all the attention's on him, as opposed to hey, they just lost six nothing. You know, just got blown out. You know, by the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know what I mean? So like he did a great job that way, but he did blow up. He did blow up on TK actually. Uh, and uh, what happened was there was a, there was a shouting match. And uh, yeah. there were some curse words involved with him and TK. This is in the beginning. This is during training yeah. camp, uh, you know, before. He, he said, I want you to be a leader. And TK looked at him and, and was like, really? You want me to be – like, he was never called a leader before. He was like, wow. yeah, of course I want you to be a leader. You know, you're yeah. the one that's going to, you know, be leading here. You're, you've are you been here for a long time, you know, for a period – well, yeah. for a period of time. You know this yeah. team the best. I, I think I think very highly – and from then on, that's what sparked, you know, TK. And TK is very admitting of, of that. When, if you were to ask him that very question and ask him about that first initial blow up, he was never called a leader before. Um, wow. and, and to hear that from a coach, you know, yeah. hey, this is why I'm working you so hard. This is why I'm trying to do what I do to you. And it's not to try to make your job, make your life harder or because I want you to not succeed is because I know you can succeed mm. and, and, and it is there. You've got to dig yeah. in yourself to believe and pull it out. And that's what TK <laughs> did this year. So that's what, so yes, he didn't have that big blow up to like, uh, you know, everybody's talking and stuff like that, yeah. but he did have, he did blow him and TK had a big shouting match with curse words. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. Oh, it's common. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, right. no, no. I was going to say. Okay. So we, we don't want to hold you too long. You, you've been gracious with your time. Um, last thing, let, let's just quickly talk about um, – Let actually, there's two things. Let, let's talk about Gauthier and how impressed you have been with kind of with what uh, he's been doing um, and then what you see them doing going into free agency. So those two things, let's talk around. So let's talk about Gauthier. 
uh, you know, Cutter's a, a really good prospect. He's a Flyers' top prospect for a reason. I don't single – I don't hone in on one single tournament. Uh, so this past yeah. tournament, I'm not, I'm not surprised he did very well. Um, that's just the player he is. He just had to get that confidence. And I think that when he, when he played in the under-18 world, you know, it, during the winter, I think that he put a lot of pressure on himself because he mm-hmm. knew all the attention was on himself. And I think that actually helped him. He's never been – he's been on that stage before, but he's never been on the stage where, wow, okay, all eyes are focused on me, uh, you know, um, sort of speak. So I'm not surprised he had a very good tournament. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. he's kicking butt. I, I, he has one hell of a shot. What I'm what I'm impressed about him is his skating abilities. Uh, for for his size to come down the ice, uh, it really reminds me of like Jeff Carter or John Leclerc coming off the uh, wing there. And yes, I do compare him to them. I I, I wow. see that shot. John Leclerc was able to pick. You see that you see that tree on the wall there. He can tell you exactly which branch he was going to hit it at. That's what Carter can do. Wow. Uh, that's how, how good he is. Uh, I see a guy that, like, you can't teach that shot. That that shot's just natural wow. ability. And he actually talked to me about that, uh, that he, he he works on it, but he focuses more on skating as well because he knows that that's going to be a big aspect to his game. Wow. But he he told me, I interviewed him in, back in March, and he told me that the Flyers are trying to develop him as a center. So I I, I think that, that's, That's why cool. Boston College has him down the middle. And I, it's going to be interesting to see with Logan Cooley coming back this year to see what they actually do with Cutter and who they play square. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm very – I'm not surprised by the, the success that Cutter has had. We all, I think everyone knew his arsenal, his plethora of uh, being able to shoot from and, – and just wanting to shoot from anywhere – the Flyers haven't had a player like that in a long time since Simone Gagné, in my wow. opinion. Uh, yeah. You know, to, to where he wants to wow. shoot every time the puck is on his stick. That's yeah. the type of player that Cutter is. But I think what he's done well is he's getting better at his 200-foot game. You're starting to see a young man grow. Uh, I'm very impressed. That's awesome. Now, All right. in terms of the Flyers' free agency – I think that the first big move is going to be trading Kevin Hayes at the draft, but I think that the Flyers aren't going to stop there. I really believe that Tony D'Angelo, if they can't move to, uh, you know, move Tony D, they're going to buy him out and ha- suffer that cap hit of 1.66 million this year, 1.66 million for 24, 2024, 25. Those are the wow. first two moves I think the Flyers make. I real, I, I firmly believe that. I firmly what, – what a defenseman has to go, I think it's going to be Tony D. And it's it's just I, – I he didn't fit in towards the end, uh, yeah. you know, on that team. You know what I mean? It's sort of like Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes got along with the guys in the room, though. But um, he just didn't fit. He didn't jive. And I think that uh, they have to trade Kevin Hayes. And I think it's going to be at the draft. I think that – you know, all the GMs are together, you know, in, in one area for two days, you know, for 48 hours, you know. So, like, I firmly believe that Kevin Hayes is the first one to get one of the dominoes to fall. And um, going into free agency, I don't see it being like 2021, 20, 22. I see it being like they're not really going to add 
they'll add maybe a cheap player. But I think in Kevin Hayes' aspect, yeah. right, they'll retain salary. Well, with them retaining salary, they'll get a prospect in return. Uh, it, it's not going to be a great A prospect. It's not going to be an A minus prospect. Yeah, it might be. It might be the lower level, like a B to a B minus, maybe a C prospect. Sort of like Owen Tippett. I don't when they traded when when they traded Claude Giroux. Owen Tippett wasn't a great A prospect at that time. You know, he was like a B at that time, B minus. You know, because of the lack lack of success he had at the NHL level. I think you're going maybe not get a first round, you know, like the first rounder that Owen Tippett was. You might get maybe like a second rounder prospects, you know, from, you know, from whatever team he gets traded to. And I, I'm hearing a lot about Columbus. There's a lot of links there for that. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting. But mm-hmm. I just see some subtractions. I think that one prospect that can move is Wade Allison. I think that uh, for, for whatever reason, I – there, there was something when he was hurt, and I don't know. I, I, I just think that I, I'm a fan of Wade. I like his game, but if I could see a prospect move, you know, on the team, on the on the Flyers roster right now, it's him. Right. Uh, now at the Phantoms That's level, fair. I see Wyatt Wiley leaving. I don't see him, uh, you know, signing that. You know, he's an RFA this year. I don't yeah. see him. I don't see him signing that contract. I think that mm. he, I think he wants out of the organization. Uh, you know that that's the vibe that I'm getting. So, so Ray asks, do you think Ivan Provorov is really on the block potentially as well for uh, uh, moving? Yeah, I mean, when you heard Danny Briere say that, more than likely, uh, you know, most likely Carter Hart will be our franchise netminder, but I will listen. Absolutely, everybody. Everybody's on the table. There is not one untouchable player. Do I think they move Ivan Provorov? No, I don't think they can. Uh, I don't see another defenseman on this roster that can play twenty-seven plus minutes night in and night out. I don't see it. Uh, Travis Sanheim again had a regression year, you know, uh, from the year prior. Uh, Travis Sanheim, you know, can play twenty to twenty-four minutes, but he can't play that twenty-seven to thirty block shots play on the power play if need be, play penalty kill if they ask him to, like Provy does. Uh, Cam York, hopefully, you want to say, will get to that level, but he's not there yet. And I don't think Torts wants to go in and put a place a young player like Cam York in that position where say, hey, now you're the guy. You know, you're going to be fill those shoes. I, because I, I don't think that's the way development works, in my, yeah. in my personal opinion. Yeah. I think the Flyers have been snake bit by that in the past. To where Chuck Fletcher uh, maybe listened to some prospects like NAK. Remember that year? It was uh, the 2020-21 season where they had some success from 2019-20. Let certain players that. go. Uh, most notably, uh, Tyler Pitlick. And uh, so Chuck Fletcher was like, okay, well, we have NAK to fill Tyler Pitlick's shoes. How'd that work out? Not very well. No. So um, I don't think that they're going to place these young players in this position unless they know for a fact, hey, he can take that next step. Like, for instance, like Owen Tippett, it's got to be a very good increase in production. You yeah. saw a person like Owen yeah. Tippett, a player like Owen Tippett, who's never cracked a 20 goal mark. Not only did he crack 20, he cracked 25. So my order of business as well, if I'm Danny Breer, before the season starts, it's maybe not my first priority, obviously, but I would re-sign Owen Tippett 
before he cracks the 30 goal mark. Once he hits that 30 goal mark, the cap the cap goes up for him. So as opposed to signing a contract for, you know, maybe a four, maybe four around four million, he hits 30. Now you're five plus. So uh, I think that my goal, what I would do, I'd re-sign Owen Tippett to maybe a three-year, $12 million deal, $12.5 million. But I'd also re-sign Carter Hart as well. I'd give yeah. him some assurance going into this, this year. Hey, you're the guy. We trust you. We believe in you. We want you to take the next step in your game. Go do it. And I think that that's one way that they could get production, more and better production from Carter Hart. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Uh, it's going to be a very busy one. But I don't think you're going – fans, I don't I – don't, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, they're not going to add, like, Alex Democrat. You know, they're no, not. No, exactly. Like, you know, so please – I, I just want everybody to get that out of their head <laughs> that they're not going after the prime player this 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 offseason. Uh, yeah. I know it sucks to yeah. say it again, and I know it's something that fans don't want to hear because they have to be more patient. But they're not going to really add. They will add cheap players on cheap deals. It's not going to be, yeah. you know, that that addition. You know, they're going to subtract a lot. They're going to get rid of some long term contracts. Uh, you know. For instance, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Kevin Hayes. I look possibly they're they might move Travis Sanheim. I think is the first one of the first defensemen to move, and that's because yeah. for fans that don't know, his no movement clause doesn't kick in until July first. Mm-hmm. So they could trade him before the draft and not have to honor his wishes on what team he wants to go to. So I think that that gives Danny Briere some leverage right now. Wow. Interesting. So quick final thoughts before we finish up. I wanted to know, I know that the Philly is drafting seventh. I know you really yeah. wanted to yeah. get oh, the yeah. hockey gods to give you number one yeah. or at least top three yeah. for the Flyers. What are your thoughts on who they should draft? Should it be a center? Uh, should it be somebody like Will Smith, not the celebrity, but the center? <laughs> <laughs> or Zach yeah. Benson? Or do you really think that uh, Matvey Mitchkov could potentially fall that low given how well Leo Carlson and Fantilli played in, in the world, uh, in the, uh, the IHF tournament. I, 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 I firmly believe that Mitch Koff will not fall past five. And, and that's because of, not only because of my belief, you're looking at a sick pair of hands. I, I don't see another player prospect aside from like Conor Bedard and Adam Fantilli that has the hands of uh, Matt by Mitch Koff. I, I, Leo Carlson would be close to that, but, his puck skills are just insane. His uh, He's an insane player. And, but Montreal's GM has been on record as I'm saying here about a month ago, and you guys are based out, so you know what I'm talking about. I will draft the best player available. So if that's the case, if Mitchkoff is there at five, he's going to draft Montfi Mitchkoff. Plus, Montreal is in a better situation than the Philadelphia Flyers. They could wait two to three years until he's done his KHL contract, they don't need him right away. I think that Montreal, if you want to look at it in terms of their prospect pipeline, it might be a little tier ahead of the Flyers, in my opinion. So I think that they have a little wow. more leeway there. Um, in my, my, That's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I see, like, you're looking at a Cole Coalfield, you know, obviously, but they have, you know, others in the system. Plus, they're losing – you know, Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Druin, you know, there's other players that are, you know, going to leave. They need help on the wing. Mitch Goff helps 
you know, on, on the wing. Uh, but I think that the goal of Danny Briere is to draft the best player available. So Zach Benson, I think, is a player that can drop to the Flyers at seven. Uh, when I look at it, Mitzkoff goes, say the pegging order is you got Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, or Mitzkoff. Then five, you got Will Smith. Who does, who does, you know, who, who do they, you know, who do they take as six? It yeah. could be a defense. It could be, it could be anybody. Uh, you know, it could, maybe Zach Benson falls. Maybe they pick Dalibor Dvorsky. You know, there's always a European in there somewhere. Um, yeah. You know, like a Swedish, you know, a player in there somewhere or a German somewhere in within the top, you know, like six. And remember Morris Cedar, Detroit Wed Wings went off yeah, board. Yeah, drafted yeah. Morris Cedar. People, it, 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 most pundits had him at anywhere from ten to fifteen, as low as twenty. Uh, and yeah. here they went off board and drafted him at six. I think it's going to be something like that to where Benson falls. Um, wow. I, I, really, I firmly, I see it. I, I, I see it. So I think that you're looking at two players. I think you're either looking at Dalibor Dvorsky or Zach Benson. For the, for the Flyers, I think that they should draft the best player available. And to me, if, if like you said, if Mitchkoff were to fall to the Flyers, they draft Mitchkoff, uh, hands down. I, I they're not yeah, where they could draft based off need in terms of hey, we need a defenseman. Let's go, let's go all forward and draft. You know, David Reinbacher, um, who I'm not saying is going to be a bad player. I'm, I I think he's going to be a good no. player, but I don't think the Flyers were afforded that luxury to where they could go off board. You know, and select you know somebody, you know, like that, or go off board and draft Axel, you know, Sandin Polika. You know, wow. Um, I, I don't think I don't think that they have the luxury of doing that. I think th- our board. It's crazy when you're thinking about boards. Our board is different from their board. Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean is like their, their top seven might be a little different from what what we believe the top seven is. So just wow. because we believe that that's what the best seven players are may not be the best seven. But I think in this draft, it's a rare draft to where I think that you're looking at the top eight and you could get – you could pretty much put – maybe not in stone, but those eight players are going to be selected somewhere. You know what I mean? Maybe makeshift. But there's always so, that curveball. There's always yeah. that curveball. There's always that off-board selection. <laughs> yes. It's interesting you say about the curveball because I actually think Montreal won't take Mishkov. Um, we saw last year they kind of went right off the board. I'm a little concerned about their first-round draft pick. Um, this doesn't make for exciting discussion and debate. I'm with you. I think it, if, if Mishkov's there, they take him. They have time to wait. They've done good with Russians in the past outside of this last year with in their goalie situation, which is just unfortunate. Um, but we're talking like two, three years away minimum, right? And But yeah. Benson, I, I think what people are missing about Benson is that this guy is amazing. And he's got a motor that has no off switch, yeah. which he would fit perfectly oh, yeah. into there. Maybe not this coming year, oh, but he, he could be ready in that next year. He's engaged in the yeah. defensive zone. He moves to wherever the puck is. He's intense. He's competitive. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that that's my pick if he's on the table and Mishkov's yeah. gone. Um, but and and I, I can't see Mishkov's gone. They're very familiar yeah. with that organization, the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, so, exactly. like, uh, I do have exactly. an interview lined up with him. 
So we'll we'll see. This will be interesting. Looking forward to it. Yes. So, okay, guys. So you heard it. So Jamie Mascow, Flyers nitty gritty. He does all things uh, with the Flyers, the Phantoms, as well as the Royals over there in the Philly area. Uh, you guys got to pull him up. You can check him on our former guests on our website at twoguyshockeytalk.com. And uh, go on there, catch your articles, follow them. Uh, how do they follow you again on Twitter? Uh, at Jamie Basco or at Flyers Nitty. Uh, you can find me on either. Uh, I, I'm on a lot. And uh, Evan and Pavel, they probably get buzzes and stuff at weird times and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love throwing questions out there. But, <laughs> but I mean, awesome, yo, you guys are really good people. Like, and, uh, give me give me more. I If anything, I should stop texting and or like liking all your articles. I'm like, stop, <laughs> Jamie, I need more. I need more. Yeah. Well, you're going to get a ton more here because I'm going to be writing a lot here in the coming weeks. So. That's excellent, man. Thank you so much, Jamie. Per day. No, I appreciate you wow. all. It's great coming on your show. You guys do a great job. Pavel, uh, man, uh, sharp as usual, man. But uh, Evan, I, I love the Flyers. Care. I just want them to succeed. And I know last year yeah. was kind of a down year. but yeah. And I know I don't, I'm not expecting a lot next year. I think like middle of the pack between 20 yeah. to maybe 18 to 25 in terms of the standings. Yeah. But again, I the Metro it. is so wide open because, like, yeah. what what could happen? Like Pittsburgh, what what are the questions there? You know, uh, the the like some of the other teams, like Washington, like yeah, they got yeah. a new coach, but what's going to happen there, right? And apart from yeah. Carolina and the Rangers, really, it's up in the air. So the one thing about so, Pittsburgh, though, they're about to hire Kyle Dubas here, and I, I, I'm going to oh, yeah. tell you, I mean, like, I just see them, I see him trading everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, so Key uh, is on. She's who she's actually part of the leadership that runs the Sports Empire Network. Guys, you can follow all our hockey content over there, as well as everything else from football, NBA, AEW, you name it, on all their podcasts. You can check them out. Uh, Key is a Philly fan to the end. So Key sends a shout out. She can't wait to see Cutter. And uh, she Don't came worry. on specifically tonight. So we're going to have to get her on another time, too, to kind of Dude. talk around that key. Yeah, so, hey, thanks heck, so much. We're, we're going to have to there. talk. That's... I don't know if you follow basketball, but the but the 76ers are looking at potentially hiring Nick Nurse from the former, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Toronto the Raptors. Raptors. So yep. I want to yeah. know your thoughts behind the scenes, just like what were your <laughs> thoughts on if you follow the Sixers and whatnot, and James Harden and that whole situation and Ben Simmons and everything. But anyway. That's awesome. And the Eagles, right. Eagles are coming up again to play. But anyways. Uh, 15 and 2, Bird. That, that's for sure. 15 and 2. Yeah. Woo! See, all I can think about, man, is Wilt Chamberlain. But anyway. Okay. Oh, what a hell of a player. Hell of a player. All right, man. Jamie, have a great one. Looking forward yeah, to too. seeing Take what's care, happening guys. in Flyerland. Cheers. Have Take a good Cheers. Bye-bye. Oh, man. That's awesome stuff. So, okay, well. You, you know what? He uh, was kind of mentioning it already. Let's get right in. We only got about eight to ten minutes uh, left in our yeah, show here man. to talk about some stuff. So uh, he, he just brought it to attention. I was going to talk about it. The reports are saying they not he could easily pull out. I don't agree. And you just heard Jamie say it, that uh, you're looking at Dubis uh, in Pittsburgh. So yeah. for all those fans out there, uh, I, like you, you don't you don't toy – Right now, if, if Dubis is not, I mean, he spent time with Crosby already. If he's yeah. not going to be there, 
and he's been toying them along and they've been delaying all the other guys, that's going to look really bad on Dubis, and he can't afford that right now. But what my understanding is right now, a part of this is the autonomy and his ability outside of the, and this is my understanding really outside of Crosby, anything could go, but he needs to get the second and third from the top three, right? Which is also Latang and Malkin. But I mean, um, I, I would Carter, look, they signed him for a few extra years and he's older and, and yeah. well, and, and they're, they're, they're going to probably be losing in free agency, a few of the guys. And so a name that really is popular right now, picking up, if he doesn't stay in New York is Patrick Kane, potentially on that right side because they have some guys moving out. So, um, well, and, hey. and their goaltending, will Tristan Yardy resign and will Casey D. Smith resign, right? That's a big thing because goaltending has been the Achilles heels for, uh, what's it called, for the for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And now let me let me throw out a conspiracy. Yeah, let's theory. do it. Ray, I know he's saying if they do hire uh, Dubas, my guess is Sheldon Keith isn't far behind. I don't know if that's true. I think Mike Sullivan has been really solid. And I don't know if you want to get rid of Mike Sullivan, who has been an elite goalie. Now, you want goalie. to hear a conspiracy? Uh, Mike Su- Hang on. Mike Sullivan's an elite goalie? No, and Mike Sullivan's the coach. He's talking. I'm talking about Ray. If they hire Dubas, my guess is Sheldon Keith isn't far behind. No, no. Oh, oh, I, I heard you say something about an elite goalie. I was confused. Okay. I was anyway, gonna, go no, ahead. I was going to get to that. I was going to so elite goaltending. Imagine oh. conspiracy theorists out there. Would Matt Murray come back for one more year? Would Dubas pull him, Sue St. Marie guy, former Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup champion, back to Pittsburgh for one more year <laughs> if, if Toronto sweetened the deal to take that contract on, that $4.5 million. Just saying that, it Just throwing just, it out there. Just saying it. The insider's calling it, at least as a possibility of one they're of gonna 20. Be, they're going to be aggressive about Connor Hellebuck. Yes. Just watch Hellebuck be moved. I believe Connor Hellebuck is being yeah. moved this season. And I, I think prediction. it's I think it's important. I think Connor. Now I, I I've heard some rumbling. So and let let's not just assume it's true. But I've heard that Connor would like to play on an American team. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So and, and and you know that's not always a bad thing. It's no different than like Edmonton just signed a player who uh, was in the Rangers system. And everyone was freaking out today, you know, or you no, know, yesterday from the trade and saying, well, you know, he's going to be gone back to the draft. And you know what? They don't make that trade if they don't have some inside information. Yeah. He's from Alberta. He's an Alberta boy. The Alberta teams are trying to keep the Alberta boys around because they know they got family. They don't have to travel mm-hmm. as far. Um, it, it makes sense. Now, it doesn't always mean a player is going to be like that, but yeah, no, exactly. Speaking, speaking oh, of oh, oh. GMs. Oh, oh, yeah. I really want Hellebuck in New Jersey. Whoa. I get you, right? I get you. I get you, man. I get you. Okay. So, anyway, of former GMs, do you think at any point, quick thoughts, Ron mm-hmm. Hextall returns as a GM in any capacity? No, no. I, I, see, yeah, I see him as an assistant GM if, if he's got. Ron, my understanding is Ron has a really good mind for the game, but Ron is a guy that likes to do, you know, a rebuild. If you remember years ago, he was so ticked off at the Edmonton Oilers talking about them tanking to get first round draft picks and saying how that was so wrong. He really believes in the development in the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth rounders. Um, If you go back and Philly. Yeah, and and he was working on some, and some of that has turned out well for him. But the problem is, is you got to win, you got to bring in the money, you got to make the fans happy. And I think his style is. I, in fact, I, I was shocked that him and Burke. Um, I like both, 
but I, I did not see them a fit in Pittsburgh. I think yeah. Fenway, they, they just made this decision wildly, thinking they're going to get the name. Um, I think that if they hire Dubis, they got the right man for the job. He's learned his lesson on a few things around the corner. Um, you know, every, every, so here, here's what I, I, I'm seeing on about a lot of social media stuff. What people are saying is, well, you know, like for example, Brad Trey Living signing in Toronto now. They're just like, well, look, what, what has he done? Like, first of all, sometimes you don't know what you're talking about if you don't know the inside information. First of all, you can't say that he blew the whole Kachuk and the um, the Goudreau thing because you got to remember ownership's behind it. Just like you saw presidents of hockey operation like Shanahan is behind. He wanted to get rid of a core player. We can only guess that it was going to be Marner or Nylander. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. You can kind of guess from that. However, the bottom line is, is when you've gone through something, he made a deal in an impossible situation. There is really nobody out there that's going to be better. Of course, they're going to take Brad Trey living uh, at this point. But there is one thing I do want to point out. My understanding is there was negotiation. There was really only one big thing to discuss. And that was about decision making. No idea what was said. But there was discussion about what that contract would look around. Uh, and, and that's actually coming out of a place that actually gave heads up to us about Trey living three months before uh, with the whole Sutter situation and not even wanting him to stay there, um, wanting to move him out, which they weren't willing to do. So um, I, 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 frankly, I still think Toronto's in trouble now and I feel bad. I leave fans. Some other fans will feel bad for you now, but not all. <laughs> I don't think anybody outside of Toronto area in the in Toronto. Oh, I feel bad. Will feel guilty. So, I, I feel bad for it, man. They, they, they. I mean, they, they've been there for the existence of the entire league. Original it's six. Been, it's been tough, and, and, and the fans Vegas need something. Only man. been in the league for six plus years, coming up on seven, <laughs> and they've made the final twice. So we'll yeah. chat about that in just a sec. I do. Okay. I do want to. We're just, down to our last two minutes. That's right. So, so I know that the Vegas Golden Knights are facing off the Florida Panthers in in the final Stanley Cup. People are yeah. talking about, oh, it's going to be boring. I don't want to watch. Honestly, hockey is hockey. I'm oh, excited. absolutely. Jack Eichel versus Matthew Kachuk. Who has the most hateable personality? Who are you not or less of a fan of? Like this should be this should be fun. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm wondering what Dallas does uh, next. We're going to have some more reporting about that next episode and moving forward. But I want to know your thoughts, Evan. Do you have Vegas or do you have Florida hoisting Stan, Lord Stanley, who have both teams have never done it before? Um, I actually, I actually have uh, Vegas actually hosting the Lord Stanley. Um, I'm going to take them in six or seven games. I think they are so darn deep. Um, they're, they're for bo- their, their box of defending. Literally, they don't move. They don't waste their energy moving. They just stand in the way the goalie picks up their go- Aiden Hill is tracking. Well, um, he, he just grabs those little rebounds. They place themselves. Excellent. Um, and, and like you, who has both Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, are a couple of the best 200 way players, 200 foot players that are, and they're on fire now. They, they have like, you think about it. They don't have the goalie right now, but they got the defenseman. 
They got their stud in Petra Aiden, Angelo. Aiden Hill they got Nicholas Hag. No, but 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 he's not a stud goalie. I'm talking about building from the goal out, right? They have their stud forward. They got their superstar forwards in Stone and uh, Eichel. Really, they're only that one bit away. And maybe this is the making of Aiden Hill now. Maybe this is his chance. And, and he's got to have a chance to be able to prove it. So I, I think, but I would never count out Kachuk and Bobrovsky. But interesting enough, I, I do want to say people have talked about Barkov uh, being, you know, kind of not, not getting his due. Yeah. This is the time for Barkov to show he is as great a player as many people have said he was. And it's in this series right now. It can't be Kachuk and Bennett and basic. It's been Kachuk, Bennett, and I mean, Aaron Ekblad, right? Yeah. Normally, you'd be thinking, I'm hearing everything about Ekblad, the number one overall choice, right? Um, but hey, they do got a great goalie in line to come back. So, but it's going to be a great series. And I think people that don't watch it are making a bad mistake. Because they're going to miss some of the best hockey. These guys yeah. truly are playoff hockey teams. If you want to see how to build a team, build it. Because they're also going to be exciting. But it's going to be dirty versus dirty out there on that ice. And I'm looking forward to seeing how I feel watching a game with two teams that I don't naturally admire. Um, and seeing what it's like when one plays dirty on the other and the ref doesn't call it right. How am I going to feel emotionally in that game? This, I'm looking forward to it, man. Anyway, last thoughts. We got to call her a wrap. I'm I'm taking Florida. I think they've got the momentum. I think they're the underdog, and I think they've got it in the bag. And I think Sergey Bobrovsky and Matthew Kachuk are the ones that hold the cup and hoist it and bring it back to Florida once again uh, after Tampa Bay did it twice in the last few years. So good on Florida. I'm looking forward to the series. It should be fun. Yeah, and uh, Zill wants to cut in. Going to be a killer series as well. So, Zill's on her way back. Uh, we just went on a biking trip this last weekend. Hey, Zill, thanks again for the ride. Do a shout-out. It was a fabulous time. So, I totally agree. And she brought up a good point. Hill will be a UFA, but uh, my understanding is they're already – technically, they can't do it yet, but it will be taken care yeah, of. It's like the Robin He's going to get paid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, take it. Or leave it. Hey, however you see it. So, guys, it's been a rootin' tootin' great ring-a-ding-dong dandy. But, again, in the meantime and in between time. Keep your sticks on the ice and keep your head up. Stay safe. Cheers, guys. I'll live, I'll die For what is wrong and what is right I'll die